How's it going guys? Miguel here from CFS Recovery. In this video, I'm going to be answering the question of should you meditate and will it help you with your recovery journey? Now, this is a very general question. You know, it actually goes a lot deeper than this. Should you meditate? Should you do deep breathing? Should you do EFT tapping? Should you do visualization techniques? There's all these things that you think that you should do and this can actually create a problem during recovery. Let me break this down for you. When I was sick, I thought I should be doing a lot of things. I thought I had to do a lot of things. And a lot of the things that I was doing, I didn't really understand the mechanism behind it. I didn't really know what kind of change I was aiming to create in the brain. I didn't really know the sole purpose of why I was doing something other than I knew it would relax me. I knew deep breathing would help me relax more. I knew visualization techniques would help me think more positive, help me persevere more, help me stay much more resilient, especially through the tough times when the symptoms were flaring up. So I knew all these things were good for me, but I didn't know exactly what was going on. And I think a lot of us, when we're turned away by many doctors, which if you're watching this video right now, then I'm assuming you're here because the doctors have turned you away and you're looking for answers on your own. Now, before you found me and this channel, you probably Googled your symptoms, you probably looked at forums, you probably joined Facebook groups, and what you saw probably horrified you because you were seeing people getting worse after 10, 20, 30 years. You saw stories of people not getting better. And so you wanted to do everything you could to avoid that. So in your research, you probably found multiple different things that worked for other people. Things like meditation, things like deep breathing, things like EFT tapping, things like cold showers, all of these different practices to incorporate. And so at some point, you also probably made a list of things that you're going to do every single day, no matter what, because in your mind, in doing those things, that was going to make you get better, right? Now, the problem is when we don't actually understand what we're trying to create here, what the goal, the purpose of these exercises is, a lot of times we can find ourselves just going through the motions. I know I found myself doing that quite a bit. I would do the deep breathing, but my mind was elsewhere. It wasn't even focusing on trying to be relaxed. I would try meditation, but I didn't really know the main thing that I was trying to do. I didn't really know that I was trying to rewire circuits in my brain to go from a negative place to a positive place, to go from fear and panic to relaxation, to parasympathetic mode. To a certain degree, I did have an idea, but I didn't know how it specifically played into my recovery. I just thought that if I do more of this, then I'll eventually get better. When I got to about year four in my recovery journey, I was in a really rough spot. Living with my grandparents, many of the story already. If you haven't seen my full story, you can watch the video up here. I go in depth about everything I went through and I shed a lot of light about my experiences with this, especially at my worst. So I was living with my grandparents for about eight months, completely bedridden. I could not function at all. So most of the day I was meditating. I was doing deep breathing. I was doing tapping because I literally couldn't do anything else. I could not get out of bed. I mean, if I did, I was only able to get out of bed twice per day maximum to go to the washroom. Other than that, rolling in bed was very difficult. Extreme pain, shortness of breath, headaches, vertigo, pots, all that stuff. So I had a list of things that I had to do every single day that I told myself I should be doing, which was the meditation. Some days I would literally meditate for five or six hours straight because I had such a bad headache. Other days I would focus a lot on deep breathing. This sometimes made me actually worse. It would make me more conscious of my breathing, actually overly conscious of my breathing. So then I thought that I felt that if I wasn't consciously breathing, that I would just stop. Ridiculous thing to say right now, even just listening to me say that sounds kind of crazy, but when your body is in a completely anxious state and all it sees is fear, 
and worry, then I'm sure you know what I'm talking about. So I thought I had to do all these things, but a lot of it, I was just going through the motions. And what happened is it actually had the opposite effect sometimes, because if I didn't get to doing them, then I would feel frustrated with myself and I would feel disappointed in myself. And just, I'd beat myself up saying, if you really wanted to get better, then you would do all of these different things. I guess you don't really want it that bad. I would tell myself that, or sometimes I would do it and I wouldn't feel immediate effects. So then I got disappointed because I was trying so freaking hard, not seeing any results because I was just kind of just going through the motions. For example, once I started getting better and recovering, I was no longer doing meditation. If meditation is something that you hate, some people hate it. Some people can't sit there for 30 seconds keeping their eyes closed. I myself today have a very difficult time doing that. I'm going to get more stressed trying to meditate nowadays than if I were to just go outside and walk in the forest. Obviously now I have the ability to walk around and do things. So I think the goal of meditation is to empty your mind and remove all stress and just get to this place of Zen, this place of relaxation and this place of pure presence. So you're not thinking about the future. You're not thinking about the past. You're fully present and you're thinking clearly and sometimes not even thinking at all. For me, I get that same effect walking down the street to the forest nearby, which is two minutes from where I live. I get that same effect when I'm in the backyard pacing around in circles with my hands in my pockets in between calls. I get that same effect. So to me, that is meditation. So I think it's not so much the certain things that you're doing. It's more so trying to attain the same outcome that these things are doing. Obviously, there's things like deep breathing where it is going to be very hard to replicate that with something else. But with meditation, my form of meditation is creating videos. I love creating videos. I love editing videos. I love using my creativity to build content and create this cool stuff. I actually have my own personal Instagram page. I actually run a video production company where I'm able to flex those creativity muscles. And for me, it doesn't even really feel like work. It feels like play. And that to me is meditation. So I think if there's things you hate, don't do them. If there's things like EFT, I try that. It didn't work for me. If I kept doing it, even when I hated it, even when it wasn't resonating with, my approach obviously wasn't working, but if the EFT wasn't working and I kept doing it, I would just be more frustrated and it would be an annoying thing. I just had to cross off the list daily. And so if I'm stressed doing that thing, it kind of defeats the whole purpose. The whole point of doing it is to become less stressed, to shift more from the sympathetic to a parasympathetic state. So I think a lot of it is really just focusing on the outcome, not so much the act of doing things. And if you can get to that outcome with a different vehicle that isn't going to make you worse, then I think that's a smart thing to do. Another thing people try to do is feeling like they have to continue moving in order to keep making progress. They don't want to take a few days off. They don't want to spend a day or two on the couch and just chill out and put on a movie and just go on their phone and hang out. They want to continue moving or else they get that sense that they're not accomplishing or that they're moving backwards in their recovery. Here's an example. In the program, we have a 30 day mini challenge where we have all the people in the program, the thrivers challenge themselves with certain activities and the activities aren't challenging physically and not challenging mentally, but it's the act of actually getting something done, the act of crossing something off your checklist, the act of actually accomplishing something that helps them build momentum in recovery. It gives them a purpose to get through the day and a goal versus just trying to survive. So their mindset changes from just surviving through the day, getting by to actually accomplishing things. And when that comes into effect, it just switches something in their mind. Now, a lot of people I tell them, make sure it's not physically or mentally or emotionally draining on you. Make sure it's very easy. And if you need to dial it back or you need to pull back, then do it. So some people, they take on a little bit too much. 
they do a little bit too much activity. They say, I want to walk 20 minutes a day, but let's say day eight or nine or 10 comes by and they're feeling super tired. Maybe they're in a slight adjustment period. Their symptoms are flaring up. They might feel like they have to continue that level of activity in order to feel that sense of accomplishment, to feel that sense that things are moving in the right direction. And they feel like taking a step back is going to be going against the plan, against the whole recovery. But you really have to adapt with the body. If you're feeling super tired or drained and you're forcing yourself to do things just for the sake of doing them, whatever it is, whether it's meditating, deep breathing, or doing rounds of brain training, going for a walk, making sure you're doing your stretches, making sure you're doing your one push up a day, no matter what it is, if you're super tired and you feel like you're forcing yourself to do these things, don't do that. No matter what it is, do not do things just for the sake of doing it because you thought it was the right thing to do in recovery, right? The 30 day mini challenge is a little bit different because you get hands on help and people have guidance directly from myself and another coach in the program. When you're on your own and you're the one calling the shots in your activity levels and no one is really overseeing it, it's very easy to a lot of times bite off more than you can chew and overestimate yourself and overextend yourself to the point where you have a massive adjustment period, if not a relapse, which is what a lot of people have. So just because you've read online that something is good doesn't mean you should absolutely do it and without doing that thing, you won't get better. My approach to recovery was very different from a lot of people's and from a lot of what I've read online. My diet was not perfect. It was actually far from perfect. It was opposite. I was eating chips and burgers after I got out of the hospital, yet I was recovering and getting better. Now, I'm not saying go pig out and eat pizzas and burgers and chips and eat all this junk food and you'll get better. That's what worked for me. So I believed for such a long time that I had to recover in a certain way and the thing is, I was listening to too many specific things, too many general ideas online and trying to formulate my own plan. And it made it really confusing. And I didn't realize that recovery is actually quite simple. If we keep the main things, there's no way you can't recover. The golden rule in recovery is your success is determined by how well you respond to symptoms. That's it. If you can respond to symptoms, if you can keep your composure, you don't freak out when you have flare ups, you don't start going into a negative mindset and you're able to pull back and actually well, take it easy during those adjustment periods, you'll be okay. Those adjustment periods will go away just like they always do. But the most crucial thing is how you respond to symptoms. Keep that the main thing. And then all these other things you can add on top of it. So that's the lesson in this video. Don't do things just for the sake of doing them, just because you saw somewhere online that you have to do this every single day, right? You can be flexible in recovery. It doesn't have to be so rigid. And I think the more flexible you are, the more you're able to ad adapt to different situations and learn to adapt and accept that. I think a lot of people with type A personalities need that rigid structure. When you're doing it on your own and you're coming up with your own structure, it's A, very hard to stick to it, and B, it might not even be the right things for you because it's hard to plan out your situation when you're the player. I talk about this in another video, the player and coach mentality. Sometimes you need someone looking from the outside in to help you figure out what exactly you need to do and kind of anticipate what can happen in the next few days or the week or two weeks, because as you're going through this, you're in a very emotional state. It's hard to make clear, concise decisions and your decisions will be fluctuating all over the place. So if you can have extra help, someone like myself or a coach in the program, then it really gives you that upper hand. If you were interested in joining Recovery Jumpstart, you can click the link down below. You can apply to the program. We do it by an application basis only. We wanna make sure 
you're the right fit for the program. We're looking for people who have been turned away by doctors. They've had blood tests, they've had scans and nothing is coming back. They're frustrated and there's not really anywhere else to turn to. I always say, get everything done medically if you can. And when it gets to that point where they don't have anything left to offer you, they don't have any more solutions and they're just like, okay, just go home, get some rest. You're fine. You're all normal. Maybe try sleeping more. If they're telling you that stuff, if you're hearing that, then this program may be a good fit for you. Make sure to click the link down below. There's more information. You can fill out the form and we'll see if you're a good fit. We'll chat and see if we can help you. The subscriber highlight comment of this video comes from Joe. And Joe says, the first minute waking up, I forget I'm sick. Then when I realize my heart's going fast, it all comes flooding back to me. It's the hardest part of the day and it's the part where you really have to consistently show up. Get out of bed, open those curtains, drink loads of water and be thankful you've made it another day towards recovering. I'm starting my recovery journey with Miguel, but I'm already learning so much and seeing incremental improvements. Thank you. And Joe is actually in the program. Let me pull up one of his wins because he's already a little bit of progress and we haven't even really started. We're in that period where we're waiting for this next, we haven't even really started the program, but I just wanted to share it with you guys because he's putting in a lot of work, staying consistent. If you got some value out of this video, if you enjoy this, you learned some new things, make sure to comment down below. So if you comment down below, you have a chance to be featured. Make sure it's something that you learned that you took away from this video, something valuable or a win that you can share with others. Don't forget to give this video a thumbs up, hit that like button, make sure you subscribe and hit the notification bell so you can be reminded every time we post a new piece of content, we're posting videos every single day. And always remember, you are a thriver and you are just one mind shift away from living life with thriving health. I'll see you in the next video.